Welcome to Slutty Activism, the podcast that teaches you to fight fascism with your genitals. Really, you can become the change you want to see in the world by becoming an extraordinary lover. No experience necessary. I'm your host, certified sex coach and professional sexual revolutionary, Sarah Martin. Let's get started. Hello, friend. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Slutty Activism Podcast. Have you ever hit a slump when it comes to pleasure? You go from being in the flow, excited by the novelty of your experiences, living out your resourcefulness and creativity in deliciously debauched ways until all of a sudden you experience something like writer's block, but for your orgasms. Or maybe you weren't really pursuing novelty and experimentation and instead are curious about what more is possible, given that you grew up with a pretty limited frame of reference about sexuality. Or maybe you're happy. Things are going great in the pleasure department, and you'd just like to add more. One of the best things to do when you're out of ideas is to look to others for inspiration. We, as humans, are primates that learn by following examples, after all, And each of us brings our own unique lens and ideas to experiences of sensuality, sexuality, and eroticism. It can be wonderful to chat with your close friends for inspiration. I'm especially lucky because my close friends include some of the most talented, creative, and downright interesting sexologists on the planet. So... It is with great joy that I'm bringing you a series of conversations with my colleagues on the topic of uncommon pleasure. The goal is to share with you fresh, new ideas and practical, actionable tips and advice so that you can start enhancing your pleasure immediately, as well as store up some ideas for the future. You'll also hear me make reference to video recordings. These are available as part of the five-day Pleasure Diary Challenge in the Slutty Activism Podcast Community Group. You can join for free by going to sluttyactivism.group. In today's episode, you'll hear my juicy conversation with Carla Crivaro all about the pleasure available to us when giving oral sex. Carla is a certified sex, love, and relationship coach who works with men and women from around the world. When we got together, we went deep on oral. We talked about how oral sex is a taboo and all of the things society says about people who do it and how this conditioning impacts our ability to actually enjoy giving and receiving oral sex. We also talk about how curiosity is the key to accessing pleasure while giving. Honestly, I love this conversation with Carla and I didn't want it to end. So uh, open wide and let's take a deep throat. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a deep dive on oral sex. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so very excited to spend this time with you today. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to be here with me. I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend Carla, who is here with us today to talk about an element of uncommon pleasure that 
I am so excited to learn more about myself. And so, Carla, would you tell the lovely people who you are, where you are, and what you do? Because you're an incredible human being. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for that introduction. Um, yeah, so I'm a trauma-informed and certified sex loving relationship coach. I'm based in the UK, in the northwest of England. Um, and I work with cisgendered men and women internationally um, to help them understand themselves and each other sexually and relationally in and out of the bedroom. So, yeah, encompasses lots of different things. But, um, yeah, oral sex is something that I get spoken to quite often. So, um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's what we're here to chat about today. Thanks yeah. for having me. Because you reached out, we met each other a while back. Um, we're both connected to an incredible sexologist named Cam Fraser, who mm -hmm. will be joining us a little bit later here as well, too. And you reached out and said, hey, you know, could I, you know, come on the podcast and talk about a couple of different topics? And mm -hmm. one that you sent to me stood right out when we were thinking of theming these episodes around uncommon pleasure. And that was about receiving pleasure while giving oral sex. So not about receiving pleasure while receiving oral sex, which is a whole, you know, other practice. But I think one that most people kind of associate and go, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> you know, that's pleasurable. But that you can experience a lot of pleasure being on the giving end as well. I thought we have to talk about this. And Carla, I, I, I'm so looking forward to exploring this topic with you. I'm wondering, where would you like to begin? Like one thing that came to my mind preparing for today was just this recognition that in general, there is a lot of taboo in society around oral sex. And I wonder, like, is that something that gets in the way of experiencing pleasure while giving? I'm wondering what comes up for you when you reflect on that yourself. Yeah, so um, as you we were chatting about earlier before we um, hit the record button, um, I'm creating a course um, specifically around um, blowjobs. And that's because my own personal journey was really sort of um, empowering my inner slut and um, being the full sexual expression of myself did actually involve learning to love how to give a blowjob. Um, you know, back in when I was younger, so I'm 42 now, and back when I was younger in my 20s, there was a lot of shame and embarrassment around doing it. Um, also, you know, I, in my 20s, I considered myself a little bit of an anti-man feminist. So the idea of, you know, kneeling down in front of a man and, you know, um, just felt really, really icky and felt like I was giving something to them and not necessarily receiving back. Also, I think, you know, as you said yourself, there can be quite a lot of stigma around oral sex. Um, and as a woman, that for me, growing up Catholic, Southern Italian heritage, it felt like, you know, the, the woman that does oral sex and enjoys it is the woman who's, you know, really slutty. And I try to avoid at all costs being, you know, that person. So, yeah, the journey for me was learning to love that part of myself, really learning to connect to my inner slut and then being able to fully be present and really, really enjoy it. And a lot of that journey was loving the part of myself that wanted to do it um, and wanted to experience it. And also doing a lot of my own internal work as well around becoming empowered in myself, because, you know, when you feel empowered, 
kneeling down in front of another human being doesn't feel like you're losing your power. So um, because back in my 20s, I didn't feel in my power, kneeling down in front of somebody else felt like I was giving even more power away. So, it, yeah, it was very much about stepping into my own power and and um, being able to, um, yeah, be, being able to really be present while, yeah, while giving head. Well, and that's so, <laughs> one thing that really resonated with me listening to your story, because some of this, like, I haven't heard this before. I didn't know you came from an Italian Catholic background. That already gave me like a little bit of a jolt in my body. I went, oh, okay, so you know, we're talking here about the complexity and the layers, right? And about this slut shaming as a thing that separated you from this pleasure earlier on in life. And that actually getting in touch with that inner slut was part of how you were able to experience pleasure being on the giving end. Have I got that right? Yes, it's, it is exactly that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it was really as well, like my relationship with, um, you know, Cox also changed dramatically. In my 20s, you know, I saw them as sort of, you know, an erect cock was really, really intimidating, really scary. It was this whole idea of penetration and taking. You know, my um, relationship to sex was very, very, um, yeah, it was like, I wasn't really allowed to enjoy having sex. Sex was more for the man because if I enjoyed it, then again, I was going to be slutty. And there was this part of myself that was denying. And, you know, when you deny those parts of yourself, you tend to project that shadow part onto other people around you that are doing it. Um, so, yeah, it was really part of like my journey was actually really fully embracing cocks and specifically as well, like an erect penis and removing that sort of, in a way fear um because it felt almost quite weaponized you know and the way that men would also speak about their cocks was really mm. intimidating so really um learning to love and appreciate um erect penises was like the beginning of my journey and then also moving towards really loving and enjoying soft cocks as well so that has also been part of um my journey so I've had a partner who um who, because um, I'm non-monogamous, so um, I had a partner that's um, got erectile dysfunction, and so learning to really love and appreciate playing with a soft cock was just as important as learning to love and appreciate, you know, playing with a hard one. And it was really interesting as well, bringing myself to present moment and looking at the genitals and really noticing what do I actually like, you know, touching, feeling, which parts I really like. Um, how I how you know certain parts of like the testicles might move and really really being very very pre present and just noticing what came up in my body as I was doing it as well being really really aware is there anywhere that I'm feeling shame do I feel a bit embarrassed touching a certain part of their body um, and learning to find like I said the parts that were really really um, interesting for me that I found really attractive and voicing them as well and I just found that, you know, voicing the parts of, you know, the genitals that I find attractive also for the man felt really good to receive that because, you know, quite often when we give people com compliments, we never really include their genitals. You know, we'll, we, as women might receive compliments about our bottoms or our breasts or <laughs> you know, our faces or our hair or, you know, all of those different things. But no one actually looks at your vulva and says, you know, I really love your clip. Or, you know, I love the way that your lips, um, are, you know, are shaped and hang in this way. Or, you know, I really 
like the color nobody says that to you but you know I had a guy once who I hadn't I hadn't even talked about you know giving compliments and he was just looking at me and said your clit's really pretty and I was like oh my god that just felt like a a really huge compliment because I got used to doing it with with men based on my training um and yeah it was just to receive it was amazing and I thought gosh you know when I do that for men they probably do feel this huge sense of wow that feels really good to receive so um yeah (laughs) I mean for Oh, there's so much I want to respond to what you said, though, to pick up right where you've left off in my years and years in practice, because for many years, I primarily worked with men in STEM fields, and that still makes up a pretty large proportion of my clientele. I love these folks. And one thing I heard from many men, actually, is that like receiving compliments is powerful. And it's something that's not done. And I think there's sometimes this pervasive belief among men that, oh, well, women get complimented all the time. And it's sometimes like, it's one of those, yeah, but sometimes compliments are only given as part of a transaction when you're trying to get something and then it's not actually genuine. And so I think there really is something so powerful in terms of pleasure potential in the giving of genuine compliments. So what you see and what you enjoy, just voicing that out loud. That's actually something I advise clients when they're like, I don't know how to do dirty talk. I'm like, well, here's one place you can start. Because even though that doesn't feel like traditional dirty talk, I tell you what, it does an awful lot in terms of arousal. So I love, love, love that. And thank you, Carla, so much for acknowledging and giving love to the soft cocks because I think this is important and needs to be spoken about more and embraced more in the world because erectile difficulty itself can generate a lot of shame, right? And that's a recurring theme of our conversation so far is like the role that shame is playing here in the background. And you've mentioned a couple times, you know, shame where I felt it in my body and about these bodily sensations. And I'm wondering, could you speak a little bit to the somatics of being able to receive pleasure while giving? Yeah. So um, in relation to sort of like touch or somatics in as in relation to how the body feels in the process of touch or all of it, all of it, (laughs) anything that will help our listeners to gain more pleasure from giving yeah so um it's for me it's about getting really really curious so um you probably know betty martin and like the waking of the hands so Mm -hmm. people like go on youtube and, and look for that but being really really present to feel exactly the different parts of the body and you know keeping your eyes closed just noticing how it feels on your fingers and rather than the temptation of like doing the pleasure for them you know, being really aware of how it feels, you know, to move your fingers in a particular place. And if you use your tongue, how does it feel to, to move, you know, rather than just, you know, for oral sex, if you're giving oral sex to a woman, rather than just going straight for the clitoris and then, you know, flicking it. Or if you, if you're a woman going straight, you know, for the head and sucking on it, like getting really curious, how does it feel on my tongue to, you know, lick um, under the testicles or on the inside of the lip? 
or on the outside or, you know, around the vagina or how does it feel, you know, to lick the frenulum, of, you know, of the penis and just being really, really mindful as you're doing that and noticing all the different sensations and then, you know, using your lips, um, different ways of manipulating, you know, different types of sucking, different types of flicking and noticing for yourself how that feels in your mouth. Mm. Um, how it feels on your fingers when you have your fingers involved and just really taking your time like you know can I put myself in a place of curiosity as though I've never done this or or, or seen this or experienced this before um, and the thing is a person who is receiving even though them you know they might not be experiencing pleasure in the sense of really heightened states of, of excitement because they're not necessarily being um, stimulated in a particular way the curiosity and enjoyment that you as the person doing the action is experiencing is a huge turn on for the person that's you know receiving the oral sex it's massive because when you know that someone who's there wants to be there Mm -hmm. and is really enjoying themselves that in itself is a massive turn on yes 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 (laughs) yes Yes, (laughs) because it is, you know, you know, when you've got your legs open and a guy is there, you know, if he wants to be there or not. And if he doesn't want to be there, then you in your head, it's like, why doesn't he want to be there? Is there something wrong with me? Does he not really like it? Is there a smell or, and you just get totally in your head and then you're like, I'm not enjoying this. I'm completely in my head. And then you just want to move on to the next thing. But you, you know, when a guy wants to be there and you just, oh gosh and you revel in it and it's exactly the same you know for men I think you know especially because I do speak to a lot of women who struggle enjoying giving blowjobs and I you know my understanding and what I'm finding is for the whole social conditioning aspect of it so inviting you know women to really get curious and enjoy being present you know while they are giving head can completely change their experience for themselves but also for the person you know, receiving that as well. But sorry, your question was around the somatic. So yeah, so being really mindful of the mouth, for the hands, and then noticing where you, you, you're feeling and experiencing the pleasure in your body, because emotions that we experience, so, you know, anger, sadness, whatever it might be, we can locate those sensations in our body. So being really mindful, what am I feeling and where am I feeling it? And if you do notice like any tightness that comes up or anything that feels a little bit uncomfortable, just accepting that the fact that it's probably an element of conditioning you know are you aware of what might be coming up for you around that and can you just hold yourself and support yourself in that um you know knowing that the the shame that might come up the embarrassment that might come up is totally valid because everybody will have felt or experienced that at some point because of all the messages that we get Um, So just holding yourself in that. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is so very important. So our listeners and our wonderful community here, we're often talking about the systemic effects of things that can feel incredibly personal and incredibly private. Because you might be sitting there going like, how are blowjobs connected to the social order? But they are. And I think what's so profound in what you're saying is that it's not just ideological or it's not just in your thoughts about things right like these elements of conditioning are stored in your tissues too right that's why 
certain feelings come up when you're giving oral sex, right? Because these messages have an effect on us. And I think that's part of where slutty activism comes into its own in terms of pushing back on this system. Because what a difference between two people totally stuck in their heads, like one giving and going, oh, do they like it? Oh, I don't really like this. Oh, I, I'm such a, I'm such a slut. I'm such a skank for doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then the receiver being like, does she want to be doing this? Like, should I be, you know, throat fucking like they do in porn? Should I be, you know, like, and this kind of dreary situation where two people are up in their heads and therefore not present with each other and not present with the pleasure that is available to them versus the slutty deliciousness of two people showing up and being like, okay, babe, well, I think this is what I want to talk to you about is how do you communicate so that your partner, especially if they're a new partner, understands what you're doing when you're having your explorative and to use the Dr. Betty Martin uh, wheel of consent framework, like it almost sounds like you're spending some time in taking energy where you're taking in the sensation of what looks on the surface like giving, but it's for your pleasure rather than theirs. So I think we can come there for a moment, <laughs> come there for a moment, but <laughs> to wrap up that thought, like just the difference between the two about being present and being with the experience and being with each other and being genuinely enthusiastic rather than performing enthusiasm because some fucking person in Cosmo told you, well, be enthusiastic while you give a blowjob. Men love that shit. Like, this is what I mean. Like, there is a fundamental element of social change embedded in what otherwise seems like like quite simple and quite private things that you're talking about, Carla. So, whew. and I think I think the communication is the key. So, you know, um, when it comes to oral sex, when it comes to sex generally, actually, everybody likes things differently. So, you know, there are a few things. So like when I'm giving head, a few things that I'll always check in with because some men really like gagging. Other men get freaked out by it. Mm -hmm. Some men like it really wet. Some men don't. Some men like a finger up the bum. Some don't. Some like the, you know, balls being touched. Some do, but only a particular way. So, you know, the first thing that I do is I just run through that list, you know, but I don't sit there with a notepad. It's just yeah, a general like... like do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a it's just like a general chit chat and the reason that I do that is because if it's going to be uncomfortable for them for whatever reason or it's going to put them in their head then I just don't do it or if I know that it's something that they particularly like and also I'm very mindful of what I like and what I enjoy um so if they ask me something and it doesn't feel good to me then I say you know no I don't want to do that this time you know that might be another time that I, I might want to do it because you know so there are some days that some things I'm really up for and then other days I'm not and it, that's why is yes. that you know it just is and I just, just allow is. myself and I allow myself to like want certain things in a particular moment and not want them at other times and just allow that and just you know doesn't mean that it's always going to be a no for that it's just at this moment it's it's a no um and so honoring myself in that because I think also when you tend to do things always wanting to please the other person and you're not looking at how, what makes you feel good, it can feel really, really uncomfortable as though you're always doing the giving and never actually receiving. And so, you know, the way that I tend to approach oral sex myself is quite often I start out 
for myself and my own curiosity, especially when they're a new person, you know, getting to know their body and just sort of having a feel and, you know, um, because testicles are different, scrotums are different, cocks are all different. So, you know, initially it's all very like tactile for my understanding and my pleasure. And then, you know, then I move towards, you know, doing things that um, they have already talked about that they like, um, and then trying some things as well and saying, you know, do you like this or seeing their reaction if they you know look down this and go what's she doing there (laughs) (laughs) so um so yeah so just being really mindful and and tuning in but I tend to start off quite often for myself in my own pleasure and then you know then move over onto what I notice see is working for them and if I'm not sure if if it is, then then I'll just ask because everybody's different. And I think quite often we can get in our heads of like, well, it worked with the last person I was with. Why isn't it not working with this mm-hmm. one? You know, there's something wrong with me. And, you know, if I'm not sure if they like it or not, just ask them. That's like another one of those scripts that causes just a whole lot of preventable trouble for people. Oh, this worked with the last person. Why doesn't it work with you? It's like, well, because <laughs> I'm also a person who's, <laughs> right? And I'm wondering, Carla, could you suggest to our listeners, so let's say you have a new partner, so maybe a new friend with benefits, or maybe, you know, like casual partner, or even a, you know, someone who might turn into a longer term partner. And let's say you're wanting to do this kind of exploratory, more for your own pleasure than their pleasure. Like, what's a quick way that you let them know that this is what you want to do and see if they're game for it too like how would you actually phrase that like let's um, pretend I'm I'm uh Chuck Norris <laughs> and we're gonna like be friends with benefits like how would you let me know that you're gonna just you know check things out a little bit and is that okay um I would say hey Chuck I really enjoy giving blowjobs um, so when I go down in you, I'm going to start off and just really take my time to get to explore all of your genitals and that area. And then, you know, you let me know what things you really like and what you don't like. So do you like gagging? Do oh, you... sometimes. Like, I think today I'd be up for it. Sure. And do you like it really wet or like lots of saliva or not? <laughs> I'd like it to remain contained in your mouth, please. Okay. And then do you like your balls being touched a little bit, a lot? Not not at all. Like it's a bit it's a bit sensitive. I'm always a little bit nervous with new partners. That's just normally how it is for me. So maybe a couple months down the line we could introduce that, but right now, no thanks. Okay. And do you like a finger up your bum or is that something that you're not ready to explore yet? Again, like, let's check in on that a bit down the road right now. Like, again, I'm a little bit tense. Like, okay. yeah, no. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. And sometimes excited <laughs> means also a little bit tense. Yeah, no worries. Is there any place or anything that you really don't want me to do or any place that you really don't want me to go? I'm not a fan of the surprise teeth. Whoever put that in some edition of Cosmo at some point really should be... Uh, reprimanded Uh, I'm not a huge fan of painful surprises okay thank you for letting me know Chuck um look at at us modeling some uh some sexual negotiation when people are always like how do you talk about sex before having it like that yeah kind of like that (laughs) yeah it does I know because the thing is while I'm doing it it's not like we're sat across like this or probably be kissing and I'll just like ask a question and then 
you know, stroke a shoulder and then ask another question. And so it's a little bit more in a way seductive, let's say, but um, rather than that actual sitting there and exchange or, you know, sometimes I'll do it over message as well, you know, ask some questions over messages when you're exchanging, you know, do, doing some sexting or so, yeah. So I tend to run what we've just seen there. It tends to be a lot more relaxed and fun how, and what, how I approach it. What I often say to my clients too, is if, if you get all up in your head about thinking about how to do this seductive or thinking about how to do it via sexting, like it's also okay to just kind of do it like we did and to yeah, preface yeah. it with like, this might be a bit awkward, but I find that it's really helpful. Is that okay? And then if they're like, yeah, sure. Uh, because by the way, making the choice to do this, to talk about sex before having it, be that oral sex or otherwise. And that is something I'd like to touch on about this idea that oral sex is like an appetizer when I think that's really underselling it. But making the choice to do that sets you apart from a great deal, very many people out there, especially folks who are on the casual sex circuit. So if you want to be an extraordinary lover, being able to have negotiation conversations like that is part of how you do it, whether or not it feels awkward, whether or not you can be seductive at the same time. That is not a requirement. So and it also means as well, like if you have the conversation, you know, reasonably early on, it's so much easier to do it during the sex. Like if you yes. want something different, it's yes. easier than to ask for it and it's easier to to redirect if something's not really working like you know the, the the partners that I have had you know they have never really communicated what they want or don't want and never had somebody you know like myself that's just so openly communicating yep. so um and they find it really refreshing because they're not having to guess and the sense of like safety in, in their bodies and being able to relax just because they're not having to think well is this right am I doing it right because they know that I'm going to say or we've already talked about it or you know, we're already aware of how things might look and, and like the really sweet spots or the, the things that we're just really mm. not going for. Because nothing worse than having like an unwanted surprise, is there? Like, no, you know, because there's not. Don't do it. It's not fun. Unless you've pre-negotiated in a scene and it's like, mm. yes, surprise me because like the anticipation of that drives me wild. Unless you've very explicitly negotiated that surprises are okay, don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, because it, can, it then it can just really put people back in their heads and it can really close them up as well. So, yeah, for sure. But then you were saying um, about oral sex in relation to it, you know, being um, like not necessarily the foreplay, because I really don't like the word foreplay. Um, I called it, it an appetizer in this yeah, case. Yeah, so I know, I know that you called it an appetizer, but I know a lot of people tend to consider it as like a foreplay, foreplay before, like yeah. the main event. And it's, just, you know, sometimes... In, do you know what like some of the best sex that I've had is actually with um this partner who um had well I say had erectile dysfunction because I don't think it was that I think it was erectile disappointment and then got totally in his head and then thought he could do anything else but some of the best sex with with him is you know has been with him and one of the reasons being is you know when you're not so focusing so much on penetration and having a hard cock it just leaves the door's wide open for pleasure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to give head with a soft cock, you know, for him, um, he'd never experienced that. Initially felt a lot of embarrassment and shame about it. I was like, look, I really enjoy soft cocks. Like I enjoy how they feel and how they move. I really enjoy it. 
he eventually trusted me and now he has like completely embraced his mm. soft cock as well um and it just it they're just like velvet up. aren't they um yeah um and it's the softness and the way that they move as well it just it 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 feels really gentle and tender and loving yeah and I really um yeah I do I like them what can I say I just like them generally I didn't used to but yes I do now (laughs) well and and something you said I just want to remark on it quickly because I think it's profound and we have such a culture that hammers about erectile dysfunction as if it's a dysfunction, right? Which is why in my training, I was taught to say erectile difficulty because that actually encompasses a lot more of what can be going on. And so this isn't to say that, you know, that there aren't potentially medical concerns. And if you are experiencing erectile difficulty, it's great to get it checked out because that can be a super early warning sign that Mm -hmm. you might have diabetes and not know it. And in cases where there's no underlying medical cause, right? I, I think like the pathologizing of soft penises like does so much damage and it's done in order to make a bunch of money, right? It's like hit people where they feel super insecure so that you can just harvest the cash. And I think actually for, I'll say something controversial. So like, if you've got opinions on this, let me know, write in, leave a comment. Um, I think there can be a great gift in experiencing a period of erectile difficulty for exactly the reason you just said, because it frees men of this totally scripted, this is how you must be as a sexual being, and opens up the possibility to say, well, what is the potential for pleasure in my body if I can't just jackhammer the shit out of my partners? It is. It's totally that. It is exactly that because it to- it led us on a completely different journey, and it led him as well um, to really fully explore my vulva and my vagina. Because you know, when he lost his erection, it was like, okay, let's move on and do something you know different. And you know, we do like different types of massages. Sometimes we talk and get really like horny, and he his erection would come back. But you know, it really led mm-hmm. him to to really tune in and fully explore like my vulva and and really learn about it and actually look he, and he he said you know I've never actually really paid that much attention to what a vulva looks like I just generally go down there do what I'm supposed to do come back up stick my cock in and then there we go um but this you know gave him the opportunity to really really slow down and just be present and mindful um and have a completely different experience with my body and also for me to have a different experience and for him to experience someone enjoying his body you know when it wasn't in inverted commas performing so um beautiful well and it makes me think too you know talking about slowing down and we've referenced dr betty martin a couple of times But one thing I remember from the Wheel of Consent, and I'll make sure to link to this in the show notes and in the Facebook community group so that you can if you're like, who is Dr. Betty Martin? They keep talking about her. Like you, you will benefit from knowing about the Wheel of Consent people. And what I remember of it is that if you're going to be playing around with taking energy, which can be a growth edge for a lot of people, one of the best ways you can make that kind of play feel safer is to slow it down. Because sometimes when we're in that energy where this is for my pleasure, right, rather than giving, we can start to speed up, right? We can start 
grasping almost and the breath gets shallower right this <laughs> and yes. that's where you can start to again like it, it actually takes you out of presence and then you're not there with your partner so that slowing down can be a very powerful thing and I think especially in terms of oral sex where a lot of us we're conditioned that if you're going to be a hoe bag and do that, you just got to go as quick as possible to get it over with as fast as possible, which again, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant at all, right? Like, what a shame. So, and it's, probably- yeah, it's totally, uh, yeah, it's totally, like you say, slowing down the whole process. And I think a lot of people have this idea that, you know, I think when we, women, especially, and men, as I said, you know given head they go straight for the clitoris or straight for sucking the end of the cock and it's just like you know what about a massage around the abdomen and the Mm. inner thighs I mean having your inner thighs touch for a man or a woman is just so erotic or having a bum massage first you know either for the man or for the woman and just really really slowing it down noticing how you know as you're touching them how it feels on Mm. you know as the person who's doing the action but as you were explaining it and you look at Betty Martin's will of consent as the taker because even though you're doing to somebody else the pleasure is is what you're experiencing yourself as the person touching so the taker yeah and just really noticing how that feels and being really curious to how you know that their body is the different shapes the colors um, and just getting really curious how you can really be present and, and slow down and if you notice as you say you started to speed up because you're getting really excited and you know maybe you're coming a bit bit more into your head or you're I think a lot of people tend to become goal oriented don't they they see the other person starting to to really enjoy themselves so I need to get them to orgasm I need to get them to climax and quite often that can be because it makes us feel good like we're good lovers and it also you know means that now then when they've had their orgasm I can then have mine you know so they can sometimes be (laughs) i'm finding there's a repeating pattern here there's like fervent agreement and then there's (laughs) when you call up the things that are just so unfortunately common right because yeah and and it just brings me back to an earlier life before i was where i am now and i imagine it does to you too recollecting right and we hear this from our clients too and so yeah sorry like i just had to comment no, on that because it's just like oh man god that sucks to hear that like <laughs> yeah and it's just you know um it's really interesting when you can get to a place with with and you're in like a relationship with somebody where you can somebody can receive an orgasm and the and, and the pleasure and that's it you know there's not you don't necessarily need to have the exchange back it could just be you just do that for that person and your enjoyment comes from being there and being the one that you know um guided them into a place where they were able to experience that pleasure and sometimes it's nice just to be able to offer that and to be in the full you know mode of of giving and and holding that and I think that can come from a lot of people from a sense of like lack that Mm. once I've done it for somebody else I need to get it for myself because otherwise I might not get it next time you know and Mm -hmm. it, it can feel quite often like sex is this exchange so now I've done you you need to do me and it can take away from that experience because you know if I go down on a guy and he has his orgasm then I'm like right okay my turn you know you're almost saying I just did that just so that I could have my turn and and move on you know 
So yeah, it, or vice versa, right? Yeah, like also. or I mean this this in particular, this uh instrumental approach to sex is what I call it and what I talk about on the podcast, right? It's like seeing sex as a means to another end, even if that other end is your own orgasm, right? Rather than as an end in itself, as like being co-conspirators in the service of pleasure. And that can mm-hmm. look so many different ways. It's like you said, it could be what what someone might call, you know, quote unquote, one-sided, which again, doesn't <laughs> doesn't really encapsulate the fullness of the experience. And it's only one-sided if if you've not agreed to what you've you've done right like if if what you thought you were going to do was having you know a mutual experience or this that or the other right like the communication the negotiation is an important part of this and thank you so much for touching on that too no you're welcome and it's something that popped up is that you were talking you know it's good to to look at um so I attend um like conscious kink parties and um, tantra temples and those sorts of things and you know what we do like all of the exercises and everything beforehand around consent boundaries and just bringing ourselves into our bodies and you know the bit at the end where it's free like for you to do what you want they call that like the play space and I really enjoy that word Mm. play because it really removes a lot of pressure it creates like this sense of fluidity you know so if you're meeting your partner to play it just sounds so much more fun so much more enjoyable so much more relaxing it doesn't sound like there needs to be a specific way that things work like turn taking and it just um yeah I think because we end up having so many different ideas of what sex should look like from the fact that we're using the word sex as we you know mentioned not just a moment ago the fact that um, oral sex can be seen as the appetizer. But if you remove the word sex and you're just like, let's play this afternoon, then, you know, there is no orgasm at the end of it or penetration at the end of it. It can be literally just let's have some fun and see where, where the ride takes us, you know. Beautiful. I think that's a really good place to begin to wrap up because we're coming towards the end of our time together today. And so, Carla, I'm wondering... Any parting thoughts for our listeners and for our community here? And where can people find you? And how can we all get on the wait list for your blowjob course? So um, the best way to find me, because obviously, as you know yourself, social media and talking about blowjobs doesn't really go so well. Instagram's <laughs> not a massive fan of that. So um, best play, I do have um, the, the .sexuality.sanctuary with regards to social media. Um, and then my website is carlacrubaro.com. Um, I have like a subscribe on my um, uh, website so people can subscribe and then they'll get an email once um, the course is live. Um, and anything parting before I go? Yeah, I think really the last thing that I said, you know, when, it, when we're looking at sex, maybe removing that word and introducing the word play um, mm. because yeah dropping into a play space means that you're going to create an element of safety when you play there's a lot of negotiation who's going to do what how we're going to do it um so yeah how can you bring play and fun um and curiosity and pleasure into your interactions with with your partners whether they be casual um or or long term 
Beautiful. I endorse this message. Carla, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. And please come back and talk to us when the course is is ready too, because I feel like we could have gone on for like another couple of hours and there's so much here we could still explore. So um, I hope we can see you again. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. And thank you everybody for spending your time here. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to head over to sluttyactivism.com and learn how you can get started changing the world with pleasure. Also, make sure to follow the show so that you get notified when I drop a new episode. And if you want to connect with other like-minded people, come join us in Certainty for Overthinkers, the Slutty Activism Podcast Community Facebook group. Hope to see you there.